So we are finishing the series of James today. We've been working our way through the last several weeks um, through the book of James. Uh, and again, we started here six weeks ago uh, with the intro of the letter and, and saw that, again, James at the very beginning tells us that the, the traditional author of the letter right, is James, the brother of Jesus. And, and think about, again, somebody that would have a, a unique perspective on Jesus and on his teachings is, some, is such a close relative of Jesus. And, and we see, again, that James uh, definitely had a lot to say, but yet James also um, didn't say some things in his letter. He tells us right at the very beginning that we saw at the beginning that his letter was not written for evangelistic purposes. He was not sharing the gospel message. He never mentions Jesus' death or resurrection. or letter. He, he does not, again, show us the way of salvation in this letter. This letter was written to those that are already believers, already followers of Jesus. And yet the, the focus of the letter is now what is your life and your faith going to look like after you receive him as your Savior? How are you going to continue to grow in your faith? How are you going to move forward in your journey? How are you going to be more like Christ tomorrow than you are today? And as we've read through this letter, we, we realize that even as a believer, as having the, the Holy Spirit present in our life and in our heart, is it's still incredibly hard to live up to the things that James has called us out and challenged us to in this letter. And yet, as we realize that as a believer, then if you are not a believer, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, then you don't have the Holy Spirit living in your heart, and it is, will be impossible to live up to the things that James calls us to in this letter. But the good news is, as a believer in Christ, we do not have to do it on our power. We get to do it with his power. So if you never received Christ as your Savior, trying to live up to what James calls us to will be frustrating and hard. So if you've never received Christ your Savior, I hope that that will be the step that you will take. And, and in fact, even just seeing what James tells us to do, again, will, I hope, motivate you to say, yes, that's the life I want and need, and I, I need to do it with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so pray and accept Christ, confess your sin, receive his forgiveness and his grace um, to start this journey. But now, as, as we've worked through the letter, we've realized very quickly, the tone of the letter, realize that James is, is a person that just tells you the way it is, whether you want to hear it or not, right? He is very blunt. He does not pull any punches, but yet he tells us what we need to hear. And, and even though oftentimes um, his words are pointed, right? His words are hard to hear. They are things that we need to hear because there are, there are things in our lives that are holding back our faith. And James calls us out. Again, as we have worked through the letter, we've seen he kind of builds up to, to the middle of chapter 4, where he, he literally calls us out very clearly and saying, you're either a friend of God or a friend of the world. There is nothing in between. It's one way or the other. And he calls us then to a life of holiness, to a life of following the teachings of Jesus and truly living them out. Again, most of the letter has been focused on the way of the world and how God's way counteracts the world. Now, this last section, this final section, this conclusion of the letter is different. It focuses on a different thing. It actually focuses on how the faith community should function if it's healthy. 
So instead of focusing on the world and how God's way will counteract that, he's now focusing on the faith community and what we should do if it's healthy, which is still going to be incredibly countercultural to the world. And once again, this is a concept that Jesus has taught over and over again throughout his teachings and his time on earth, is that as followers of Jesus, we will be different than the world. We are set apart. We are called out of that life and into a new life with Christ. And so now in this final section, again, we see um, these, these last two sections we saw last week, and the same is true this week, that James kind of softens his tone a bit in the letter okay, as, as he draws this to a conclusion. But in this final section, he gives us some advice that will aid our faith as we move forward in a new, healthy place. So we're going to jump right into this, uh, this final section of the letter. And so I just invite you to open with me to James chapter 5. And the first section we're going to look at today is verses 7 through 12. If you have your own Bible, you can open up with me to James chapter 5 verse 7. If you don't have your own Bible or don't have it with you today, there are Bibles that you're welcome to use in the seats. And you'll notice on the outline is a page number where you can find this passage in those Bibles. So we're going to look up, um, open up to James chapter 5. We're going to pick up at right where we left off last week uh, with verse 7, where it says, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For for look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give each great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. But most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no, so that you will not sin and be condemned. Okay, so as we look at this first section, again, this, this first piece of advice, again, to, to aid us in our faith as we move forward, and, and what will the faith community truly look like if it's, if it's healthy and, and growing itself? Okay, and so the first kind of piece of advice he gives us is to have patience, take courage, and don't overcomplicate life. Okay, have patience, take courage, don't overcomplicate life. And as we look at these kind of three pieces of this advice, so first off is have patience. And kind of one of the, the kind of adages, right, within the, the Christian community is never pray for patience. Okay, because in order for God to grant that prayer, right, then he has to put you in frustrating situations so that you can learn to be patient. And here James just give us, get, encourage us and say, hey, as you go through life, like, don't just find patience because you're going to have struggles. Right? Life is not that easy. But not just have patience, but also be encouraged. Right? Be encouraged because God is with you. 
In fact, if we go all the way back to the beginning of the letter, that, that's where he starts. He says, again, when you face trials, it is an opportunity to find joy. Because you can be patient through whatever you're facing because you know that God is with you. And, and that is encouraging. And as you face these different things in life, right, again, Jesus does not guarantee a problem-free life with him. Jesus never promises that, never even mentions that. In fact, this is the opposite, right? Jesus tells us that you will have many trials, but yet we can be patient and we can find courage because we are not going through anything alone. And that's the real difference between facing it without God or facing it with God is the fact that we're not facing those problems alone. God is always with us. And so should the faith community. Right? God is with us as well as our church family, as well as, as our, our believers around the world. We're all in this together. And then he says, though, also then to just kind of sums up and said, just live a simple life. Don't overcomplicate it. Right? The gospel message is not complicated. And your daily walk with him should not be that complicated. Just live a simple life. Again, we accomplish all three of these things by keeping our focus on Christ and Christ alone. All right, what is the purpose of my life? To worship and to serve Jesus. What's the answer to my problems? Well, to worship and to serve Jesus. Right? What, how do I get through a, a hard time? Well, walk through it with Jesus. That he, again, is the destination of our journey. We are supposed to be focused on him, be moving closer to him every day, as he is our example to follow of what a true, holy life looks like. But we accomplish all of these things by keeping our focus on Christ. See, in verse 12, again, James kind of comes out, and he says, but most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take a no. By heaven or earth or anything else, just say a simple yes or no so that you will not sin and be condemned. Again, he's, he's telling us, don't, there's, there's nothing good in the middle. Just say yes or say no. Just draw that line, make the decision, and then just live into that decision. Now, once again, James is going back to earlier things that he, he addressed in the letter because what he's really addressing here, what is most important of all, is he is once again addressing our integrity. Right? He is telling us, he's like, you don't have to take an oath. Because if you're a person of integrity, right, if you're carrying the same candle into every situation of your life, then if you say yes, everybody knows that that means you're going to do it. And you're going to follow through. And if you say no, right, then they... Everybody knows that there, there's a reason why you can't do it. And you're not going to say, I'll think about it, right, if, if you just need to say no. Or as we tend to do in the Christian community, we don't say no, we say I'll pray about it, right? He says just say yes or no. Right? Just be a person of integrity. And if you are a person of integrity, if you're living that out, then you don't have to take an oath. Just say yes or no. 
Again, he's already referenced our integrity as being the key to taming our tongue in chapter 3. And now we see the positive side of our words if we truly are a person of integrity. That when you say something, people will believe you. Yes or no? Just live a simple life. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't muddy the water. Just follow Jesus and his example that he gives us in life. The first advice, again, that will aid our faith journey moving forward is to have patience, take courage, and don't overcomplicate life. And he moves into his second piece of advice in verses 13 through 18. Okay, where he says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and to pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. So confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah, as a human, as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Then not only does he tell us to just keep your life simple, have patience, take courage, don't over, overcomplicate it. Then the next piece of advice that he tells us is about prayer. And he teaches us again that prayer is the foundation of your daily faith journey. That's where it starts. Prayer. And just as we've already been challenged this morning about this Boise Harvest event, right? The only way that's going to be successful is if we pray. And yet James tells us that prayer is so important, that prayer is the foundation of everything you do in your faith day to day. At least it should be. Again, he just goes down through these different issues and things that we face in our life. Again, are you suffering? Well, you should pray. Are you happy? Well, you should pray. Are you sick? Pray. Oh, you have sin in your life? Oh, well, if you have sin in your life, then pray. Do you need healing? Well, then not just you pray, but have other people pray. Whatever you're facing starts with prayer. Right? Pray. If things aren't going well, then pray more. If things are going exceptionally well, continue to pray more. Right? This, this is a pretty universal answer. Right? Because it's supposed to be our foundation. Again, the, the second part of, of verse 16 Right? The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And I just encourage you on your outline to circle the word earnest. Because I don't know about you, but we do it in our family. You probably do in yours. Right? We sit down to dinner. We all hold hands. 
and we pray. But it's not always earnest. Right? Sometimes it's just routine. Right? Sometimes we just get through it so we can all eat and move on to whatever we have to do. Right? But again, what produces power and results in your prayer life? Earnest prayer. And then I also encourage you to circle the word righteous. Earnest prayer, meaning I do it all the way with everything that I have. Right? And know, again, that my actions also matter. Right? And as we look at, again, an earnest prayer of a righteous person has lots of power and will produce results. Because prayer is the foundation of our daily journey. Again, just as we've already talked about, prayer has become a bigger and bigger part of our church in these recent months. And I, I love it. Again, this last week, some, some people from our community gathered on Tuesday morning just to pray for our community. Right? There's a faithful team on Wednesday nights that gather to pray. Again, just, again this last week has... In our staff meeting, we took out, again, and prayed over all of the new papers that were up there. Right? The, and, again, we spent that time. We, even we pray as a staff every week. And to say we need to continue to focus on prayer. Again, even tonight, as we come back to this worship event, right, is we're celebrating what God did at that prayer event, and it's, again, something that we're committed to as a church to, to continue to do. Prayer is powerful, and it produces wonderful results. And it needs to be the foundation of your daily journey with Christ. And then we move into the final piece of advice that comes, James gives us as he concludes in the last two verses of the letter. Okay, verses 19 and 20. Where he says, My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth, and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. As you see this last kind of piece of advice, and um, again, talking about wander, wandering away and bringing them back and, and, and all of this, again, what James is calling us to hear, this advice, he says, that now as you move forward, to not just be, be patient and take courage, keep your life simple, I mean, pray all the time. And then the last word of the letter is that accountability is an important part of the faith community. Accountability is an important part of the faith community. Okay, notice he says, if someone among you, remember who's the audience of this letter? The audience is the faith community. Okay, and he says, if someone among you falls away or drifts away, if we see somebody in our faith community that, that isn't growing in their faith, right? if they have wandered away from the truth, then we need to start with praying for them. Right? And then have a conversation. Make the invitation. Right? Just at least even just tell them you're praying for them. 
right? Because he says, if it is someone among you waters away from truth, because I think that's part of the truth we need to realize is that we all have this potential to wander away. And we need others to hold us accountable, right? If we start to wander away, then we need to call that person. We need to have a conversation. We need to, to ask what's going on. Because that's what I would want someone to do for me if I start wandering away. And then notice he says, right? He says, if he wandered away from the truth, then whoever brings the sinner back from wandering. Not only do we all have the potential of being the wanderer, but we also all have the potential of being the one that helps them come back. We need to provide accountability for other believers. Right? And we need to, like I said, make the phone call, have the conversation. And he says, then you will save that person from death. Now again, remember, he's, he's not addressing salvation here. Because this isn't a letter about salvation. Right? This is a letter about discipleship. So will we say, how will we, that person be saved from death if they're truly held accountable? It's not addressing salvation, but it is addressing whatever's pulling them away. Right? And all sin, any sin, will still kill and destroy. And again, what you might be helping them from or protecting them from might not necessarily be the death of their soul, but it could be the death of their marriage. Or it could be the death of a dream or the death of the calling that God has put on their heart. Right? There's lots of things in our life that can be stolen, killed, and destroyed by not walking with Christ. So we see here that, again, James calls us out one last time. I mean, he gets that one little dig in and saying, you all have the potential of wandering away, but we all have the potential of helping somebody come back. And they say, fulfill your role in, within the faith community and hold others accountable. Because if they've said yes, then they need to follow through. Especially if they've said yes to Jesus. And then we end up with this abrupt and kind of weird ending to the letter. Right? Like, it just stops. Right? There's no, like, hey, it's been great hanging out. Like, hope to see you soon. Like, it just ends. Is it abrupt? Absolutely. But, yeah, I don't believe it's weird. Okay? I think it's really actually fitting in James's style. Right? That he just says what he has to say, and then he's done, and he just stops talking. But yet, the way he ends it is an, an incredible reminder and challenge with this ending. Again, he's calling us into accountability. In fact, that's what he's done through the entire letter, is he's calling us out and calling us to return to what we first committed to. He has called us into accountability. And as, as we look back over the entire letter, as you look back at, at the, the last six weeks of studying this, of, uh, of, of thinking about everything he's called us out on. It just, 
I, I think this last week I was talking to a friend and, and he just kind of made this comment about the series. And again, what he said was, you, you need to listen to these messages from James. It will be a punch in the gut, but it's one that we need. And I think that's a pretty good description of this letter. Is it a punch in the gut? Absolutely. But he calls us into accountability because it's what we need for our faith to grow. It's what we need to be more like Christ tomorrow than we are today. And so as we conclude this series this morning, I'm going to end okay, with us going back and just remembering everything that James calls us into accountability for. You see on your outline, there is a list of 16 passages. Actually, these are, every one of these could be memory verses coming out of James. And, and as we go back and review them, I just encourage you as you listen to these verses, if there's one that stands out, though, there's one that, that's saying, oh, that's my next step. That's what's holding me back. I just encourage you to kind of just put a star or circle that reference. And again, on your outline is just the references that are listed. Dave, I'm literally just going to read through the verses. James 1-2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. James 1-12. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. James 1, 19 and 20. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. James 1, 22. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. James 1.26. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless. James 1.27. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. James 2.1 My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? James 2.26 Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is is dead without good works. James 3.1 Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. James 3.2 Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. James 3.13 If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. James 4.4 4. You should put a star next to this one. This is 
This is the core of the entire letter. James 4, 4. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. James 4, 11 and 12. Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you're criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? James 4, 17. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. James 5, 12. The most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no so that you will not sin and be condemned. And James 5, 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. As we've literally just read through the 30,000-foot view of the letter of James, as he calls us out on many things and calls us into accountability and saying, your faith will grow if you live out just these 16 verses. Seems pretty simple. And yet, it's incredibly difficult. And the only way we'll ever live up to even these verses is, is by the power of the Holy Spirit transforming our hearts and our lives. Right, as we listen and, and digest all that James has given us, right, we are literally going to do what it says as we close our service this morning. Hey, there are still green and white papers available for you in the seats. And again, over the last couple of weeks, we've, we've taken those things that are holding back our faith. And again, the white papers are things that whatever it is that we need to crucify and leave on the cross. Right, the green papers are our praises. Right, because again, are we are we suffering? Do we need healing in our life? Well, we should pray. Are are we happy? Well, we should pray. But again, if you need to put anything else on the cross, you can put them up there, as we conclude today. But also, again, as he tells us here, as a part of the faith community, is we need to pray for each other. And if if you need anything, you need healing, you need praise, anything in your life to 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 have the, the leaders of the church anoint you with oil and pray over you. And so today as we close during the last song, if, if you want to come forward and be anointed and prayed over, we're going to have some, some people up here on this side that are ready to do that. Whatever step God has shown you through James that you need to do in your life and in your faith, I encourage you to do it today before you leave here. Because are any of you suffering? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should pray. Are you sick? You should pray. Do you have sin in your life? Then pray. Do you need to be healed of anything? You should pray. The final thought of this series is this. 
James has taken us through a process of calling out the truth, breaking down excuses, and provided ways to strengthen and make significant progress in your faith journey. What will you do with everything James has offered? Because we have a choice to make. We can walk away, or we can step up. So again, I just encourage you to do what God's leading you to do with what James has given us. Lord God, that is our prayer this morning. God, we praise you for who you are. God, and we thank you for James that even though, Lord, it might be hard to hear the truth of where we are, God, we thank you that it is hard, Lord, is to help us to grow and to move and to have a faith that is so alive with you. God, that it's contagious. And God, I pray that as we as we go here today, Lord, as we wrap up our study of James, God, that it would not be the end, but yet just the beginning of what you want to do in us and through us. God, that we would truly live out our faith every day. God, that we would pray, we would live a simple life. God, we would enter into accountability with, with other believers, God, that we can all be moving to you together as we all grow. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you today. Lord, we give you thanks. Lord, bless us and protect us as we gather with friends and family this week to, to give thanks, Lord, as a part of this holiday. Lord, we know that you are a provider in our lives, and we praise you for that today. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.